and welcome to the premiere edition of a new little segment that I have for the podcast and YouTube channel called Retro Film Review. This is one that I had decided to come up with after being tasked by Dave the Film Junkie to come up with five new ideas of content for for my little channel and podcast to try to attract more eyes and ears on the <clears throat> on my brand, basically. So, this was one of the ones that I came up with, and I will have a few more in the coming weeks. Uh, just follow me on Twitter, at IamFositude, to, you know, get any updates on that one. But, yes, the premiere edition of Retro Film Review, where I'll be reviewing, of course, you know, retro films or old school films. And the criteria for this, for me at least, uh, that... I might change it up a little but as of right now it's films from that i saw as a child growing up or older films that i might have seen recently as an adult um and but basically like any movie from that is more than 15 years old is how i'll, how I'll approach it so yeah, it's 2019 15 years ago was 2004 so anything before 2004 uh, would be Will be the will meet the criteria of retro. Uh, I mean, hell, you know the '90s are now being played. '90s music is playing on being played on the oldies stations. So, yeah, getting old, people. Anyways, the film that I decided to start off this new little segment uh, for the Men in Tights podcast YouTube channel and all that, I'm going with the original 1994. Lion King film. And part of the reason I decided to do that is because of the 2019 remake directed by the awesome John Favreau that will be coming out this weekend and I will have my review up for that sometime... let me see... Alright, so I'm planning on seeing it either Friday or Saturday, so it'll be up either Saturday or Sunday. Uh, again, either way, just Follow me on Twitter and you'll get all the updates for that. But yes, 1994, The Lion King. Uh, of course, directed... No, not directed. I don't even know who directed. So, fuck. It starred, rather... Um, nah, <clears throat> sorry. It's a little late in the evening, so I'm kind of losing my voice. I'm a little tired, too, and sweating my balls off. But anyways, yes. The film starred James Earl Jones as Mufasa... Uh, Jeremy Irons as Scar, Jonathan Taylor Thomas as Young Simba, Matthew Broderick as Adult Simba, uh, uh, Nathan Lane as Timon, and the rest of them, I don't remember the voices. Oh yeah, and Rowan Atkinson as Zazu, uh, and then Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Cheech Marine, and can't remember the other guy's name as the hyenas. Uh, the rest of them, I don't remember their voices. Don't care to look up their names because I am feeling pretty lazy. It is almost 1.30 in the morning, Monday going into Tuesday. So, anyways. The Lion King. This is my all-time favorite Disney movie. So, as you can imagine, the newer version... Uh, I have some, some expectations that I hope will at least be met, if not surpassed. But... I will get to that film once I see it this weekend, and I give my review for that one as well. Which, you know, for that one, I don't know if I'll put up a little spoiler warnings, because it's basically it's going to be the same story as the original 1994 animated version, fully drawn animated version. 
So, kind of silly to put spoilers on it because there's really nothing to spoil unless you haven't seen this one. But anyways, yes, it came out in 1994. I was 7 going on 8 when it came out. And, and it is done in the classic Disney animation, of course. Uh, you know, that we all know and love from, other, from the other films of like Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Fantasia, Cinderella, Snow White and Seven Dwarfs, um, Pete's Dragon, all that good shit. Um, and I don't remember if this got a lot of award nominations or wins. Uh, I do remember that Beauty and the Beast... Uh, got a Best Picture nomination at the Academy Awards when that one had come out. Uh, but this one, I don't know uh, if it got any serious award winnings. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they've got plenty of nominations, but I don't know if it got any wins. Like, I don't know if it got a Golden Globe or, or an Oscar or any other movie award. But anyways, uh, of course we had the iconic soundtrack. That was curated by Elton John and uh, Tim Rice, I believe. Uh, the score, composed by the brilliant Hans Zimmer, who of course is also best known for his scores for, I think, Gladiator, uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, most recently Dark Phoenix. Uh, he uh, supposed to come back doing the music for Wonder Woman 1984 next year. Um, and of course, he's you know co collaborated with uh, Christopher Nolan uh, for Interstellar and Inception, and and he has he has a very you know in, especially in the last two decades, uh, he's had a very very signature sound that once you start when you hear the music, you know that's Hans Zimmer. And I mean, when I was a child, I knew I liked the the music. I loved I loved the the musical part. You know. Like, Just Can't Wait to Be King, you know, Be Prepared, my favorite song from the original soundtrack. Um, and, you know, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and all the other great songs featured in the movie. And I enjoyed the score very much, because, like, as I've grown up, I've I've become a big fan of musical music scores from films, because they are just brilliant art, you know? And, but... As a child, I had no idea who did the score because when I was a kid, I only know I only knew of John Williams because of Star Wars and E.T. and Hook and Jurassic Park. So when I became familiar with Hans Zimmer's work with the Dark Knight trilogy and then you know Man of Steel, Batman, and Superman, and I decided to you know go onto Spotify and look back at some of his other work that he's done, and I re that's when I learned that he did the score for The Lion King in 1994. And it surprised me because it is not really a sound that I've that I was familiar with, you know, associating with Hans Zimmer, and and he's back doing the score for the new one as well. And they have the soundtrack on Spotify if y'all want to check that out. Uh, and I listen to it. It is a good soundtrack. Um, I prefer the 1994 original version, but you know, it's still pretty good. But anyways. The movie itself, I mean, the story, I guess you could, I mean, I know there's also that whole controversy of, that apparently they ripped off the story of Kimba, which, you know, I remember The Simpsons kind of, you know, referenced it, uh, when Lisa was speaking to the ghost of Bleeding Gums Murphy, 
and they had all the different you know James Earl Jones things popping up in the in the sky. They had Darth Vader, and then they had Mufasa saying "Adventure Mind Death Kimba." I mean Simba, and yeah. And if if you're not familiar with that whole controversy, just you know do a quick Google search. It'll it'll come up. Um, but yeah, the story is that you know Mufasa is the king and Simba is next in line and Scar being the brother of Mufasa uh, is bitter and jealous because he would have been next in line had Simba and Sarabi I mean sorry Mufasa and Sarabi not uh, given birth to Simba so Muf Scar has resent a, a lot of bitterness and resentment towards Mufasa, Sarabi and especially Simba, for simply existing. Um, and so Scar is like off in like the, you know, like like the no, like a no man's land kind of area, um, where he basically he isolates himself from the, from the rest of the kingdom and associates with the hyenas and they're essentially his lackeys and they do his bidding and and then, you know, as, as Mufasa is trying to teach Simba what it means to, you know, be the, the king, to prepare him for when, you know, he is to take his rightful place uh, as the, the leader of Pride Rock. And in the background, we have Muscar. He's um, plotting the, the, the deaths of Mufasa. And Simba, so that he can become king. And how they, the the be prepared musical sequence is essentially him laying out that plan. And and then of course, you know, there's also that speaking of controversy, the the march from the hyenas that it's very reminiscent of the Nazi march. Um, which you know, when I was a kid, I had no idea. Who the hell the Nazis were, so I didn't. As I could not put two and two together. I did not associate that march with uh, the Nazi regime. But as an adult, I see that, and yeah, I know. And even the the animators said that it was directly inspired by the Nazis. But it's like these are the bad guys. You're not supposed to like them. So you know. And my understanding that they they did not include that. In the newer version, um, and even the song "Be Prepared" is not like the original version that Jer Jeremy Irons beautifully performed. Um, it's more of like he gives a speech at the beginning. It's more again, just check it out on Spotify. It's, it's I'll, but I'll just describe. It. He's like essentially like just giving like a speech at the beginning, and then it slowly transitions into like like he's like he's singing the back part of the, the hat the back half of the song and it's just it's not even like he's it's not like it's not the same tempo tempo or tone or rhythm or whatever you want to call it uh, it's literally just be prepared be prepared that's that's how that's how he says it yeah uh, I would play the clip but I don't want to get uh, copyright strike on the YouTube upload uh, by Disney because I've had plenty of those already from Warner Brothers, so I'd I'd like to avoid that. Um, and uh, of course, you know the big turning point of the story is when Scar successfully does kill Mufasa. Spoiler alerts if you haven't seen it. You know it's been 25 years. You should have seen it by now. Um, 
and again, like, and I even posted about it on my Facebook page, which, uh, I know I'm in the description, I have all my social media stuff there, but I don't have my Facebook because I prefer to keep that part of me private. I mean, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and all that, but just Facebook is for me and me only. So, but anyways, uh, I had written a while back about how uh, which, I mean, if, if, if you're a follower of the podcast and you you know that I've shared a couple of times about my father passing away seven years ago, and of course how much that has affected me, and I'd written about how the death of Mufasa uh, in The Lion King back in 1994 when I first experienced it, yes, I did cry, uh, It wasn't, but it wasn't the big gut punch that a lot of people had, but now as an adult... And after my father passed away, whenever I've watched the movie again, I am bawling my eyes out. And it's like the biggest gut punch I've ever felt. And I just feel like my heart is being ripped out of my chest kind of feeling, you know? Which is a big reason why I'm concerned about how I'm going to feel when I see the, this version. The, the, the quote-unquote quote, live-action version. Um... How, how I'm going to react when Mufasa dies and it looks more realistic, you know, that's That's why I'm a little I won't say scared just Worried about how it's gonna affect me in that moment because you know, I'm an emotional guy I'm I'll, I'll say it. I'm a sensitive guy this kind of stuff You know, especially in movies and forms of entertainment like certain movies and certain songs or you know that they'll remind you of somebody and it'll like trigger certain memory and then you, you start to feel emotional about it. That's how I am. You know, like certain movies that I watch, you know, just certain moments or scenes or certain pieces of dialogue will make me think of my father. And it, you know, triggers that exact, that right, you know, little emotion that just makes me a complete emotional wreck. Um, you know, like Man of Steel. You know, with Kevin Costner as, as Jonathan Kent. Batman versus Superman. When Superman goes up to that mountain and interacts with the the spirit of his fa his dead father um and he's and the and the scene ends where they say that they miss each other when i was watching when i watched that in the theater the first time i mean, I, I mean it's done this to me again every time since then but that first time i saw it i was a complete mess because all i could think about was my father and especially because my dad loves superman or and he was a he loved kevin costner so that kind of movies like that have that you know some stuff like that impacts me a lot. So again, so as an adult, watch rewatching The Lion King, however many times I have since my dad died, you know, because Freeform they play they play that movie like it feels like at least once a week, and yeah, I, I do watch it because like I said, it's my all time favorite Disney movie. So I'm I will it's a movie that I will watch every time I see it on TV. Um, but yeah, that death. And it's that's like most people that you know they say that they don't cry when they see certain movies. That Mufasa's death almost unanimously get, is the, gets you like you know, as they say right in the feels. I've never met anyone who has, who has not cried at Mufasa's death. Um, and then of course you know Simba runs off because he he feels guilty and. Blames himself for Mufasa's death, uh, especially because you know Scar flat out tells him it's his fault. <laughs> uh, 
Um, which is really f a fucked up thing to, to say to, you know, not just a kid who lost their dad, but to his own nephew. I mean, I understand it was all part of his plot to take over the kingdom, but just still, it's really fucked up. Um, but yeah, he runs off, the hyenas chase him, because he, you know, gives them the order to kill him as well. And, you know, of course, he escapes from them, and then ends up, you know, in like a d d desert, you know, desert land. Uh, where he first meets Timon and Pumbaa, where they, they kind of rescue him. And, you know, of course, you know, comedy and hijinks ensue, as expected. I mean, it is a Disney movie, after all. They they have the drama, but they gotta balance it out with the, with the fun. Um, which some people, they have issues with that, but I don't. I but I, I still understand why people don't like the whole, don't like the, as they feel, overuse of comedy. You know, some movies, I can, I can, I do agree with it, but, I mean, it's Disney. It's fam these are family movies. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Timon and Pumbaa, which, and speaking of Timon and Pumbaa, if you haven't seen the Lion King one and a half spinoff about how Timon and Pumbaa meet and everything that, that, hap that happens with them in the background of the Lion King story, please do yourselves a favor and check it out ASAP because it is hilarious. I, it, first, that, that's another one. The first time I watched it and how they so brilliantly played off like everything that happens in the Lion King happened because of their participation in the background of it all. Like what my like my favorite part is like how at the beginning of the Lion King when all the animals are gathered and they and they bow down to the unveiling of of the the new heir to the throne when they first show off Simba. They all and they're all bowing down. Well, in the Lion King one and a half it is shown that they all bow down because Pumbaa, trying to hold in his fart while walking through the crowd, lets out the biggest fart, and several of the animals pass out. So then when they see them drop to the floor, they're thinking like, like oh, should we bow? Okay, I guess we have to bow. And they start to bow to, to, to Simba. <laughs> oh, man. Seriously, do, do yourselves a favor and check it out. It is awesome. But yeah, Timon and Pumbaa, everybody loves them. Especially because, you know, when they do the Hakuna Matata song, you know, brilliantly performed by Nathan Lane and whoever the other guy is. I, I, I'm sorry that I can't remember the name, but uh, they're, they're both, you know, stage, they were both stage actors, so they know how to do how to do the music. Um, and, and that is actually my second favorite song in the movie because it's just such a, just a fun sequence. And... And I've heard the newer version on the, from the new soundtrack, like I said, and it's it's good, but just I mean, because in the original version, when P when Pumbaa starts telling his little story in the song, you know, he he goes when he gets to the bar, he's like, you know, every time that I, and then he's interrupted by Timon, he's like, Pumbaa, not in front of the kids. And the newer version, he's not cut off. He goes, every time that I fart, why didn't you stop me? And Timon goes, you disgust me, like. I understand they had to change up some of the parts of the stories and just, I don't know, I was not a fan of that particular change. And I understand it's because they have Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner playing them in this one and, you know. But we'll see how I feel when I see the actual movie this weekend. <clears throat> but then, <clears throat> sorry, 
after that, uh, Simba, essentially he's raised by them. We see him the little and during the little montage on, of Hakuna Matata, where he grows up into the adult lion, again, voiced by the awesome Matthew Broderick. And he, you know, becomes like part of their little group. And starts to live like them and hunt like them. And then he finds, then we find Nala, who's hunting the grounds, you know, in their in that part of Africa, and she bumps into Simba, who is just trying to protect his friends. And then when they realize who each other is, they are they embrace each other, so happy and excited. And you know, to of course Timon, you know, is behaves ridiculously, and it's awesome. Um, and then find out that ever since he had disappeared and Mufasa had died, you know, of course they all thought that Simba was dead as well because Scar had told them that they were both dead and Scar took over as the king and all their resources were dried out, you know, the, like all the animals that they would hunt for food that they had migrated somewhere else, you know, and that they were basically, basically they were suffering, they were dying. You know, the, the Pride Rock had become a wasteland, you know, and Nala would, you know, begged for Simba to return and reclaim her, her, his place as the king, and he refused to do it because, again, he kept blaming himself, uh, for Mufasa's death, and, and then along the way, he bumps into Rafiki, who, yeah, that's another cast member that I'd forgotten, uh, Robert Gillam, which... Uh, rest in peace, you brilliant. Uh, he bumped, he bumped into him, and he Rafiki, you know, essentially was like you know, trying trying to jog his memory of who he really is. And then we get the other part of the movie that, again, as an adult, it just wrecks me when he speaks to his to his father's spirit in the clouds. And especially you know listening to the soundtrack again as an adult, the way the music like builds up. And then you hear James Earl Jones' awesome voice saying, You are my son and the one true king. And, you know, remember who you are. Oh, God. It gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. It's so, so awesome. And that's another scene that I am excited to see when I see the new, the, the, the new one this weekend. Because, you know... We have we have the return of James Earl Jones as Mufasa because and John Favreau said it on Jimmy Kimmel like a few nights ago, the when he was on there talking about he's like you could you couldn't do it without James Earl Jones it wouldn't have worked with with anyone else except him, so so I'm happy that they were able to get him to come back and do this, and and then after Simba has that moment with his father, uh, is when he makes the decision to go back to Pride Rock and reclaim his kingdom. And then you have the epic battle with him and Scar and the hyenas and Timon and Pumbaa have the fun little luau quick segment right there. Which, I, that's another one I'm, I'm curious to see if they're gonna include the lu the little, you know, dressing, you know, dressing drag and do the hula. And, but we'll see. And, of course, Simba wins. And he has Scar confess that he's the one who killed Mufasa. And then the hyenas 
turn on Scar because Scar decides to be a coward and say that oh, that it was all the hyenas that they own that they are to blame for all of this. So then the hyenas, you know, they they kill him. We don't see it, but we know what happens off screen. And then the other awesome part where the music builds up, we have Simba making his way up the mountain to the top of Pride Rock where he roared to let them all know the king has returned. The true king has returned. And then we are we close the film beautifully with basically the film coming full circle where the movie ends where it begins. Where the movie began with Mufasa and Sarabi re revealing their son Simba. We have Simba and Nala revealing their daughter who I can't remember right now as the heir to the to the kingdom <sighs> and it's such a beautiful beautiful film that still holds up to this day and the soundtrack and the score still hold up to this day and it's again it is my all-time favorite Disney movie and I love a lot of the Disney movies I like I love the Little Mermaid I love Beauty and the Beast loved <clears throat> excuse me Cinderella, and I've loved all the Toy Story movies, especially Toy Story 3, and I have not seen Toy Story 4, but I hope that I will soon. I might have to wait until the Blu-ray comes out, but I'm gonna see it. And... But... For one reason or another, The Lion King is just the one that resonates with me the most. And it is my absolute favorite Disney movie. Top of the tops, it's in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Don't know where I would place it, but it's in, it's definitely in there. And anyone who has never seen this version, the original version of The Lion King, and then they're going to go see the new one this weekend, please do yourselves a favor, and if you're going to watch the animated one, if you've never seen it before and plan on seeing this one, see the new one first and then go and watch the animated one. Because if you see the animated one first, then your expectations are going to be super high, like mine, and you're going to be disappointed by this one. And which I hope I won't be disappointed, but I'm seeing a lot of mixed reactions to the movie. And it has the Rotten score and Rotten Tomatoes, which I always say don't, don't take those Rotten Tomatoes scores so seriously. Go see the movies and form your own opinions on these films. But. I am going into it open-minded and hopeful because, again, Lion King is my all-time favorite Disney movie. John Favreau is a great director. He's directed a lot of great films. The Jungle Book was amazing. You know what he did with that film was simply phenomenal, and I am hopeful and optimistic that he will recreate that same magic with this one. <sighs> and that does it for my first edition of retro film review uh i don't know how much of this i'm gonna edit out with all my stumbles and stutters and all that good shit uh i guess i'll just keep it in there as part of the format <laughs> but um i hope you enjoyed hearing what i had to say about this film i'm gonna try to do these at least once a week uh in addition to the regular podcast and um and, uh, it's gonna be available on Spotify, on YouTube, on Google Podcasts, on Radio Public. Uh, for whatever reason, Breaker is not uploading 
my podcast anymore, so I might just take their name off of everything until they do. Uh, but in the meantime, you can subscribe to the Menatides Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, uh, YouTube, and CastBox. CastBox is only the podcast, not the film reviews or this retro film review or any of the short news videos uh, that I've done on the YouTube channel. Uh, All my movie reviews are included on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and YouTube. CastBox is just the regular podcast by itself if if you you know prefer to listen to just the podcasts on there uh, and I'm, like i said i'm gonna try to get these out at least once a week and i have to make a whole list of different films that i can discuss on here and uh, and the other um news that i'm gonna you know i'm bringing out with new content uh not gonna say it just yet i'm gonna wait until i have the san diego comic-con episode 50 podcast coming next week uh where i'll reveal the rest of the new content that is coming to the podcast and the youtube channel and with that said uh my name is julian thank you all so much for checking this one out i hope you enjoyed it and i will be back later on this week with my review for the lion king 2019 and again, you can subscribe to the Minutites Podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Radio Public, CastBox, and YouTube. You can follow me on Twitter at IamFositude for all podcast information. You can follow me on Instagram at Fositude. You can follow me on Vero Fositude as well on there. And I'll see you all next time.